This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some real facts, real stats about our local market. We want to provide you with good information that will help you make good decisions. And to help me out with that today, I have a couple of guests here in the studio. First of all, Aram Malikian, a realtor with Colwell Banker. How are you doing, Aram? I'm doing excellent, Don. Good morning. All right. And you're you're not as nervous this time as you were the first two or three times you're on the show. I think I'll be able to keep it together. All right. <laughs> and to make sure of that, we have another guest here in the, in the studio, and that's Jeff Brown, uh, an inspector with 360 Inspect. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. And thanks for coming down here. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the importance of inspections, what's involved in inspections. We're going to get into something that there's a lot of question marks out there on. And that will be in the second segment on um, solar. And um, Jeff Brown happens to have a lot of solar experience and will be helping us with that. And then, of course, Aaron Malikian, who, um, let's see, we we used to work together eight or nine years ago when you first started. Yep, that's correct. Uh, wasn't me that drove you out of the office, was it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't want you to lose any sleep over that. No. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, we used to work together in the same office. And uh, I think, have we had a couple deals throughout the years? I can't remember. I think so. I'm sure yeah. we have, but anyhow. I'm sure I did all the work on it, but, you know. It yeah, it was it was definitely one-sided in your, in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great. And um, uh, then the market seems to be shifting a little bit or changing a little bit so later in the show we're going to be talking about what it takes to make sure yours is one of the ones that are selling um maybe you know uh, sellers got to put a little more effort in right now and uh we'll be talking about that and then also how to pick that agent so some good questions on how to interview um let's get right into um home inspections what is the importance of knowing what you're buying? Well, actually, uh, personally, I just went through the whole experience myself. In uh, March, uh, we decided to take advantage of the market, downsize, grab that equity, pay cash for our next home. So uh, looking at a home, I, the number one thing we see is peace of mind. You know, when people, it's a huge investment, uh, <clears throat> and more and more people, uh not like the old days, everyone can fix everything, you know, so everyone's busy. So they want to have peace of mind uh, that, you know, uh, have someone get up there and get on that roof and get underneath that house, look at everything, and basically what we do is just take a big flashlight and reveal everything. Mm-hmm. It, and I know um, many people, when they buy a car, they wouldn't think of just buying a used car without taking it in and having somebody look at it, and that's pretty much what you're doing here with a home well, especially yeah i mean especially if you're buying a you know think of a car at two three hundred thousand dollars you know you would have that thing inspected compared to a junker you know yeah yeah <laughs> so you definitely want to know what's going on with that home what's 
you know, one thing uh, we see is a, on especially flipped homes and stuff, you see a lot of lipstick. You know, they 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 patch paint and everything, but then what we, you know, when we get under the home, we can see what's really going on and what's really happened in this house. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, can you tell us what are the components of the inspection? Yeah, we. When we show up on a job site, we, we do the outside perimeter, so we're looking at everything. We're looking at the fascia board uh, for any dry rot going on, any situations going on with the siding, the stucco, the, and then the foundation all the way around, any cracks, stem wall cracks. Uh, <clears throat> we'll, if they have a pool, we do pool inspections too. Uh, and uh, one thing why I joined 360, if they have solar, we do a complete solar inspection, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about a little later. But and and then from there we uh, go into the house. We look at all the electrical, all the plumbing. Uh, we look at all the fixtures. We meet, run all the appliances in the house. Make sure everything's functioning. And then we actually look, uh, take pictures, and do some homework and find the dates of the most of the appliances, the heating, air conditioning system. Uh, we get up in the attic, crawl all over the place. Uh, we do temperature readings at every outlet to know that we have even flow through the house, that no ducts are disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those important things, and then we check every every fixture in the house and every outlet, electrical outlet. Some things are cosmetic and not structural. And, and let me give yes. you an example. And and would this be on the report? And I'm, Aram, I'm sure you've run into this one before. So as you're going around the outside, some of the stucco is spalling. Yes. Um, tell us what spalling is and. and and how concerned should somebody be? Well, it, stucco is a material that goes on the outside of a wall, you know, so and it's, you know, for cosmetics and for protection. So what happens a lot of times is, you know, people don't realize you're in, your, you're in and you're out. Your sprinkler systems are sitting there, you know, misting and spraying on that wall. And what will happen is moisture gets behind the stucco and it starts to bubble and it starts to come, you know, come apart and actually flake off. And then more and more moisture gets in that wall, it'll it could seep through the wall and start causing dry rot. Okay, so maybe it's um, the difference between cosmetic and structural might be the extent to how much it has flaked off. Yes. All right. If you can see the chicken wires, it getting <laughs> something ought to be done, right? Right. Right. Uh, exactly. And that's stucco, for instance. You know, the, uh, over the years they've tried everything. Remember. The old Hardy plank, which was uh, the first time they come out with a press board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, water's brutal on that stuff because it just literally falls apart. And uh, we just had an inspection a few months back, and it was just, you know, falling apart. And you could literally see holes into the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, the newer homes have a thing called a weep screed, which helps yes. prevent that. Yes, can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, if about? you look at uh, old homes, uh, the stucco wall went all the way to the ground, uh, right into the dirt, and moisture would creep up, and that's why you see on older homes a lot of flaking at the bottom, and then a lot of lipstick, too, where it's been patched and repainted over the years. Uh, compared to newer homes, they all have a you know, right around a 5-6 inch. Uh, it's elevated up off the ground, keeping the, you know, because... You know, Water is a killer to everything, you know, uh, so eventually it's going to cause problems. So we keep it up off that dirt is what, what it's trying to do. A couple of years ago, we had another inspector on, on the show, and I, I asked him, what are the three biggest things you look for? 
And his response was great. Water, water, and water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a big one because it's – and, you know, a little bit of water here and there, people don't realize the, the damage over time it causes. Mm-hmm. Now, um, can anything be fixed? So let's say you, you have this older-style home, the stucco goes into the ground. Is that a deal killer or is it, you know, because there's some flaking? Oh, absolutely. Everything can be fixed. It's it's just construction. So it's just, and what's surprising is, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't, when you get a, our typical report is, let's say, 32, 34 pages, but I've seen them as long as 56 pages. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot of stuff going on with that home. Uh, and, and we have pictures and everything. So everything on that thing could be fixed. I mean, especially today, everyone, if you watch any TV, you're watching all these fix-up shows, and you could see, and in the car restoration things that are full of rust, right? Anything could be fixed. It's only money, mm-hmm. you know? So, and a lot of times, if you know someone or just get a professional contractor in there to fix it, it's everything's fixable. Mm-hmm. So don't be alarmed that you see all this stuff going on, especially the guys like me that's a contractor. I I see it all the time. Everything can be fixed. It's not mm-hmm. a problem. It's just sometimes alarms. And then you have, you know, but then when there's the T word, like a termite, you know, uh, you have a termite inspection, then people kind of freak out a little bit. But, hey, it's, you know, what is it to tent a house nowadays? I have no idea. But you Yeah, 1000 to $1,500, yeah. maybe no more big deal. if it's a huge house. Right, right. So, and then, you know, and then... I don't care what it's been. I've seen everything in the times I've been doing this. I've, I've, you know, I've been up in attics where, you know, I'm walking around the house recently, and in the last, you know, two, three months ago, and there's in the ducts, uh, the vents, registers at the ceiling, there's insulation. And then I go up in the attic, and it's the most infested, rat turd place I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Well, it could be fixed, you know. Right. Yeah. So, Aram, I have a question for you as the realtor. So, Let's say your buyer gets a report and there's some spalling on there. There's some of the the rat infested stuff in the attic. What's the best way to handle that? Because going back, remember the buyer loved that place because of the location, the size. But now there's a hit on some of the conditions. Sure, <clears throat> you know most stuff like Jeff said, it could be fixed, and a lot of stuff that seems like a really expensive repair a lot of times is not i think a lot of buyers and sellers might lack the knowledge of the cost to repair items um that's been my experience at least with my clients where i'll get a list of all the listing i'll get a request for repairs from a buyer and a seller might say oh my gosh that's 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 crazy it's gonna cost me thousands of dollars i just had it happen on a, a listing recently um, I got a, uh, there was a roof certification. They wanted a roof cert on one of my listings. The buyer did. Uh, there was a roofer that quoted $4,600, which looking at the list, the age of the home and the roof, um, I thought it was a little extravagant. So I had my trusted roofer go out there who I've been using for years and he goes, you know what? It's not a big deal. There's, there's some issues, uh, that need to be tended to. But for $810, I can cert this thing for two years, and uh, I'm very, very comfortable with this. So usually, you know, it's a kind of a freak-out situation at first. Um, one more thing I like to add about the home inspection is, you know, people think it's for the, for the buyer's peace of mind. I think it's a great peace of mind for sellers because 
the sellers have to disclose the things they know about the house, and it's up to the buyers to find the unknowns. Well, as a seller, you know, once you sell the house, you want to be done with it. You don't want to hear in a year from now or five years from now, hey, you know, there's a plumbing leak and we think you knew about it. It wasn't disclosed, whatever it is. So um, on a selling side of a transaction, I'm really thankful for the home inspector and, and surfacing some of these unknowns because it helps out myself as a listing agent or the seller in the future and we don't have any kind of go backs or any liabilities. So it's very important for the home inspection. Okay, and one thing before we go to the break, I, I thought you were going to go to where the seller can actually do a home inspection up front and do a lot of the fixing, which is not a bad idea because one thing that I've noticed, if the seller can fix something for $1,000, the buyer's going to think it costs $2,000. And the parents who are give, of the buyer who's giving the down payment, they think it's a $10,000 issue. <laughs> so <laughs> Precisely. That, that's where the realtors come in and kind of have to rein everybody in and say, ah, you know, here, here's what the real costs are going to be. Well, that, that's a good note right there because we're we're a big fan of pre-inspections. Uh-huh. Having the seller do a pre-inspection on the home before they put it on the market. Is okay. it, now the now the realtor is in control. I'm writing that down. Pre-inspections, yeah. Yeah. we're going to talk about that in the next segment. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. <laughs> Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us today, we have Jeff Brown, an inspector with 360 Inspect. And we have realtor extraordinaire, Aaron Malikian of Colwell Banker. Hey, you like that, huh? Yeah, appreciate that, Don. Or, or the realtor part. That means your check for your dues cleared. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, letting me know that. I'm good to go. All right. <laughs> I can keep working. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, not everybody that has a real estate license is a realtor. You, and um, what, when you get a license, you voluntarily choose to become a realtor and abide by the code of ethics and, and, and um, the co- uh, standard of practices. So not all of them have to do that. Um, so there's a lot that goes along with that. Now, in the first segment... Uh, uh, Kind of a key word came up, and I want to go into that a little bit before we go into solar inspections. And there's a lot on solar inspections. So, But you talked about a pre-inspection. Tell us why you like that. In fact, maybe I'll start with Aram. Why would a pre-inspection be good, meaning the seller is going to do it before they even find a buyer? Sure. I, uh, You know, in other markets, Bay Area I know, and some other markets throughout California, it's actually customary to do a pre-inspection before you list. Um, that's not the the norm in our market here in the Central Valley, but you know I'm not opposed to it because you're kind of being up front right out the gate. Uh, you have your inspection ready. You have if any issues with the home, that's uh, you have that on paper to show to the potential buyer before you enter into contract and open up escrow. So sometimes, you know, one of the main reasons escrows do fall apart is because they expose the unknowns and, um, you know, maybe the seller doesn't want to fix it or give a credit or, or the problem is just too horrendous for the, the buyer to digest. So if you have the pre-inspection up front, 
I think that can alleviate a lot of problems, uh, cancellations and whatnot. And, you know, when you list your home, the goal is to sell it as quick as you can. And if it falls in and out escrow once or any times for that matter, then it kind of slows the whole process. So I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to, uh, pre-inspections. Mm-hmm. Do you do very many of those, Jeff? Uh, surprisingly not. We're, we're trying to stir it up because, I mean, you know, I mean, I can't, Imagine you buyers will, you know, when they're they're buying a home, you know, you have a shower pan leak and termites, and a, and a, and the buyer walks, and we all and it's because of ignorance. They don't realize they they just freaks them out and they can't overcome that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're saying is, <clears throat> uh, I, I like the word farmer frugal here in the valley. I think that's why it is. Uh, we just they, farmer frugal. Farmer frugal. You know, we're not cheap. We're farmer frugal. Uh, I'm a singer guy, so I know what that means. <laughs> so I like that saying. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, so what, you know, when getting in there, and the other thing is, Aram, is you can that you know you're selling your home. Those little things you could fix first and remove it completely, and then have the invoices attached to that inspection report, and saying, hey, look, this is what came up with the inspection. This is what we've done. If you even want to have a inspection a follow-up inspection fine you know when you go to buy the home but now you know it puts uh, the the seller of the home in control and the realtor in control it's brilliant mm-hmm. and i think the biggest thing is it takes care of the shock factor for the seller when the seller says oh my gosh and this is before there's even a buyer so you can't blame the buyer uh it, you know you find out there's uh up in the attic there's some ducting that's been Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, displaced or mm-hmm. or come apart. And, um, of course, how would the seller know that? But but at least now they know that when they price the home, that, that they better leave some money in there for, um, for fixing it. Well, and on things. that note, they, 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 after how many years of living in that house, then they find out right, real fast why their electric bill is 800 bucks in the summer. Because yeah. the ducts are disconnected in the attic, cooling off the attic. Right. <laughs> Well, that helps a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let's go into solar inspections. Um, and I'm going to preface it with this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but solar is, there's a lot of myths out there about solar. Um, I recently was doing an open house, and uh, a buyer walked in and said, Is the solar owned or leased? I said, It is leased. And before I could say anything else, she was ready to hit the door. Mm-hmm. It's like she, uh, it's like a lease was bad. But I don't think all leases are bad. Um, and, and it might be a myth. I know some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, some purchases are bad. How about if you purchase it and you paid forty or $50,000 for it and you moved away two years later? I'm going to say that wasn't so good for the seller, but great for the buyer. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so can you tell us the difference between the owning it, leasing it, the power purchase agreements? Yes. Well, just like an inspection on a new home, uh, knowledge is power. So everybody bought their solar system up until 2008. So ever since it became legal to run a meter backwards from 2000 all the way to 2008, everybody bought. And then what happened in 2008? Everyone, the economy crashed, everyone lost equity. That's when the industry came up with leases and these PPAs. PPA is a power purchase agreement. So fast forward now another 10 years, the prices of solar come way down. 
today, my opinion is uh, purchase is king. Uh, it, you know, unless you're in a situation where you can't maybe use the tax credit, uh, the 30% federal tax credit, then I would recommend a full prepaid PPA. And is that tax credit still in place? Yes. yes okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it starts stepping down after uh, 2020, uh, but they'll probably renew it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, <clears throat> but you know, a, a lease and a PPA basically it's a fixed payment, and you're buying power for. Uh, you know, let's say 17, 18 cents a kilowatt hour, and you're locked in. Some of them have an escalator because utilities have, for 40 years have gone up 5, 6 percent, uh, and their escalators are 2, 3 percent. So, uh, but and they were back when solar was 6, 7, 8 dollars a watt to install it. Uh, they made a lot of sense. Uh, today, when it's floating around 3 dollars a watt uh, to buy a system, your payments are. There isn't a big savings doing a lease compared to purchasing. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of purchasing the last five years. Now, in purchasing, somebody uh-huh. might say, well, that's great, but I don't have $40,000. Is there non-lease financing available? Non-lease financing. Yeah, yes, in other words, yeah, they're financing. Yeah. Yeah, financing. yeah, no, absolutely. No, majority of people finance their system. Uh, the last system I just oh, okay. put together yesterday was because I still do consulting. I've been a solar guy for 37 years, so mm-hmm. the old solar heart guy. Um, so, yeah, the financing, the, the guy's paying $200 a month average. His payment was 129 bucks. the bid I put together yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, And that's a purchase. It's a 15-year loan at 3.9%. Is that usually secured by the house? or do, no. And I know you're it's not a, the financing. No, it's a signature loan. It's a signature loan. A signature loan? Yeah. Wow. So okay. just like you go to the EECU, they got home energy efficiency loans for 6.5%. Uh, and then, of course, as contractors, we have contractor fees. So we're buying down the points a little bit to get that 2.9 or 3.9. But, mm-hmm. but no, you're typically today, your purchase payment, uh, your loans, uh, the payments are cheaper than your average PG&E bill. So if you own it, that f- that power you're getting up to the capacity of your, your panels yes. is basically free. free. So the way I justify it is you're buying a car, you're buying a used car, depending on how much power you need. We make kilowatt hours. You know, most people don't even know what a kilowatt hour is. So, yeah. You know, it's a 100-watt light bulb running for 10 hours straight. That's a kilowatt, a 1,000, right? So, so <clears throat> we make kilowatt hours, so we just... Put, you know, put it in, and then now you you bought a car, and you parked it on your roof, and you did away with the electricity bill for the next 30-plus years. And is that about what they last? Uh, they'll continue to work uh, after 30 years. In about 10 to 15 years, you're going to be replacing the inverters. But, yeah, the solar uh, the photovoltaic panels, they, in 25 years, the warranties are going to be putting out at least 80 to 90% of what they were brand new. Now, some of the leases that have been considered really bad are the ones that are assessed on your property taxes. Um, so it's it called the Pace and the Hero. Yes. It, and what's the bad part? I mean, that's a great lease because you don't have to pay for it monthly. You pay for it in your taxes. Of course, your taxes tax bill might double. But um, the bad part is lenders, the new lenders, when you go to sell your home, don't want a part of that property. They're going to say, sorry, we cannot make a loan on this. So you might have to sell it only to a cash buyer. And that's a purchase. It's not a lease. Uh, the PACE loans and HERO loans and all that, it's a property assessed tax. Uh, and people are doing lawns. You could do windows. You could do solar. You could do anything with those loans. So, 
uh, and it's basically uh, to the solar industry, it's been a backup. Uh, if you're not qualifying for that, you know, 680 credit score, or 650 credit score, then they use PACE financing. So it's really opened up the door uh, for, you know, another type of financing for roofers and for uh, solar and lawn guys, uh, the fake one. So, um, but they, you know, realtors don't like it because it does take first position and it's, you know, and it's a tax lien on the house. Yeah. And I think realtors don't like it because it, it, not that it takes first position, but it's because you can't get a new first loan. And, and it, so if you're going to do one of those, plan on staying in the house for yes. a long time. Yes, agreed. Be, because selling it and refinancing it are going to be very difficult. Agreed. Yeah, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, the problems I experienced with the Hero and Pace programs for solar, and I've had it happen for windows before, <clears throat> it's a conflict between the seller and buyer as far as the seller says, you know what, I'm selling the house, they're going to get the solar, so why aren't they going to pay this off or include it in the price, where the buyer says, this is a decision that they've made to purchase this, the seller made this decision, so why should I inherit this on my tax bill there's solar on the house. I'm buying the house with the solar. You know, why do I inherit the their their debt? So it's kind of a conflict. So um, anyways, and, and the answer is in why would they inherit the debt is going to be benefits. So when we come back from the commercial break, let's talk about the benefits uh, of solar. Thank you, and we're going to our uh, next commercial break. Well, uh, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. Here in the studio is Aaron Malikian, a realtor with Colwell Banker, and Jeff Brown with 360 Inspect uh, Inspector. And I see you like the music, huh? Oh, good choice of music, sir. Good choice. Yeah. Well, I was sitting at a Grizzly game this summer, and that was the walk-up music for one of the batters. So it's like, hey, that's hey, perfect for our that's show. Because right. it. Uh, that's the reaction I, I get when, from people that want to be guests in here. It's like, put me in there. Put me behind the microphone. I want to talk. <laughs> you got a Peter Frampton or ACDC for me back there? Yeah. Uh, we could do that. If you could uh, turn on some Eddie Money, I'd really appreciate yes. that, please. Yeah, money, yeah. Eddie Money. All right. Let's talk about the benefits of solar. What, um, is solar, having solar better than not having solar? Absolutely. You know, uh, the utilities do one thing. They just keep going up. You know, every year we're having, you know, on an average 4%, 6%. Uh, there's no wind in sight. Uh, it's continually goes up. I mean, it, it's amazing. If you get out of, out of California, all the rates are fixed, six per, you know, 6 cents to 12 cents a kilowatt hour. California, we're averaging 32 cents. You know, and goes up and up and up, and now everyone has to go on time of use. So when you're when you're when you own your own solar system, you're making power for around seven cents a kilowatt hour. So it's a no-brainer. Can you explain that time of use and how that works? Yes. So time of use has always been a benefit. So I mean, it's like a turbocharger on a Prius. So if you can imagine uh, when the sun comes up all the way till uh, noon, 
your uh, your solar system is making power, it's going into the meter and it's spinning the meter backwards, you're you're reimbursed around 13 cents, 14 cents on time of use. But as soon as noon kicks in, it used to be noon to six growing up, uh, noon to six, you got paid 45 cents. You got credited 45 cents. So that was like a 30% turbocharger on a solar system. So I would only, if your house needed what we call a 13 kilowatt system, I would only need to install a 10. But today, what's gone on in the last two years with uh, NIM, what we call Net Energy Metering 2.0, uh, is it, it shifted. They finally figured out how to take the sun off the roof. I mean, they've been trying to tax the sun here in California. And they finally figured it out at the utilities. All they've done now is shifted. They're, they're mandatory. You gotta, if you have solar, you have to be on time of use as of uh, a year and a half, two years ago. Well, now they've shifted peak hours till 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and here shortly in another year or two, 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock, you're going to come home, you're going to get charged 48 cents a kilowatt hour or more, and the sun's down. So, you know, so now that's why you have to have energy storage in the future, batteries. Okay. And, and it seems like that's kind of a newer thing where people are, um, instead of putting the power from the solar into the grid, they store it in a yes. battery. Yeah, huge misunderstanding on all this talk about batteries and solar because, you know, growing up, batteries and solar were off-grid and or the guys growing their weed up in the hills, right, with batteries. Today, ba- energy storage is energy storage. We're st- it has nothing to do with backup. In fact, most systems, your power goes off, you have no power, just like a solar system. It's mm-hmm. going into a battery, and then after 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock when peak kicks in, we're avoiding having to pay 48 cents. So that's that credit system you're getting, and that's how your systems pay for itself in like six years. So it, it's a no-brainer. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, Aram, we were going to talk about why a home isn't selling. If there's a solar lease on there, it, does that make it uh, – does that change the game as far as marketing? It totally does. Um, you know, I've had listings that have really bad solar leases where maybe it was a family that works from home or a stay-at-home mom that might be home all day using the AC, where the buyer is maybe a single person that works all the time. So the $300 a month solar bill for the stay-at-home mom or the people who work from home, which is great for them – the person who doesn't stay home very much and is always on the go, their power bill is only going to be 100 bucks. So why would they assume a $300 lease? I've seen problems with that. Um, on the contrary, I've also seen some phenomenal solar leases where, I mean, it is, I brag about it in the marketing descriptions because it's, it's phenomenal. So it could really go either way. I've seen good and bad, and I've seen it really help put deals together, and I've seen it kind of cloud some deals as well. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, is it you do uh, solar inspections too? Yes. Um, and that's just about a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So maybe a good idea is the sellers do that in advance. Do you have a uh, report that summarizes the whole thing? Like, b- because I could see where if the realtors could take, let's say, a one-page summary sheet mm-hmm. uh, describing the system. Um, boy, that could really help in the marketing. Now, some, and, and I saw somebody do this one time. They put like a hundred pages, the manual and everything, into into it. Well, 
you can't give a buyer 100 pages to read before they even go look at the house, before they even know if it has enough bedrooms for them or, or if the floor plan fits, fits them. So, you know, a good summary sheet might be really a great idea. Yeah, correct, correct. We have that. The, uh, going into a home, if there's solar on the roof, you're saving money, okay? So you, if it's a lease, if it's a PPA, you're saving money. Uh, there's nothing wrong with leases and PPAs. You're, 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 you're ahead of the game 15% to 50% compared to buying from PG&E, unless you have that scenario, uh, like you just said, uh, where, you know, you're, you're single and the, there was a large family in there and they needed a bigger system because we make kilowatt hours, so it's sized to their needs. It's taking care of 80% or 100% of their kilowatt hours. So you would want to know that going in, absolutely, you know. But if it's if there's a, you know, the average system here in the valley is, say, what we call an 8-kilowatt system, an 8,000-watt system, uh, that's the average. You know, the one I uh, bid together, I put together last night was a 6.4. You know, they have no pool, no hot tub, little small house, uh, and they, you know, they're used to sweating in the summer. So they're, they only needed a little system, mm-hmm. you know. So, but <clears throat> if you take that same home... It works the other way. If you take that same home and a family of eight move into that house and they add a hot tub and they add a pool, now they're going to need a bigger solar system. How important is it to clean the the solar panels? Yeah, that's it's interesting. The uh, that's a pet peeve of mine because I've done the math. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, so it's solar systems. Every one of them out there design. If the contractor did their due diligence in their initial pitch. There, we put in there seven, five percent to seven percent soiling factor. Derate the system by that much when we give you, tell you, we're, you know, what your systems are going to make. Okay, because we know that in Fresno they're going to have dust on them. You know, if you're in a cleaner area, it's only three percent or five percent. So if you, what I always say, if you've got a layer of dust on them, you're losing, you know, three percent to five percent. If you're looking at the panels and they're brown and they're supposed to be black. Uh, you're looking at a cake, you're probably losing 10% to 20%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been hearing all these ads and different things saying, oh, save 30%. No, that's, no, <laughs> that's not true. It, you're, it, you know, if you got weeds growing on them, I guess, but, you know, but it, uh, typically on average, you're, you know, it's majority of it's built into the factor. Okay. And then when it rains, does that, Yes. That clean it off? Yes. On a residence, my recommendation to residents, only pay to have them cleaned once a year if you're going to pay someone. Because if you pay more than once a year, you're upside down in your savings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pay to wash them once a year, more than once a year. And then from the ground, rinse them off like rain uh, a couple other times a year, and you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. That's how some people clean their windshields. On, on their car. They, <laughs> they wait for the light. I followed that guy yesterday coming down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aram, from a realtor standpoint, you know, we've always used the term curb appeal. Mm-hmm. So when you see those dirty, dusty uh, solar panels right on the front, how does that affect that curb appeal? Well, it hurts it, and it kind of can skew the, the buyer's decision because the whole perception is, you know, if your home's really clean and well, you know, if it's clean, smells good, looks good, it was probably well taken care of. And if you drive up to a property and you see some dirty solar panels, your perception might be maybe they didn't care as much for the home and maybe they weren't so meticulous and maybe they failed to maintain other things of the house. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important. 
and I liked what you said about how it tells the buyer, this, these are my words, but it's your meaning, but it kind of tells the buyer that the home is well-maintained if it's done. How, how about these people that don't mow the front lawn, don't edge the lawn? It's kind of sending a message that, you know, the rest of the house is going to be that way too. Once you open the door, you're going to see it's not so well-maintained. But when the, the, the yard is edged, mowed, weeds are down, it sends the message that it's a nice house in there. 100%. Perception's everything, but a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times it is accurate. If your house is clean, your solar panels are clean, you have good curb appeal, you take pride in your home and the presentation of it, and uh, odds are you've probably maintained some of the other things that uh, Jeff inspects on his home inspection. It's probably got good bones and everything's been maintained well um, in addition to the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I always look in the garage. The garage shows a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on this show. And here today we have Jeff Brown, Inspector with 360 Inspect, and Aaron Malikian, Realtor with Colwell Banker here in, in Fresno. Um, I'd like to ask you now, Aram, what are some of the favorite questions you get asked when people are interviewing you to um, list their home for them? And, and to to hire you on to market their home, you know, there's always questions that maybe we don't like so much, but I want to hear the good ones. Um, you know what? I kind of uh, instead of I kind of start out asking them questions as, instead of them asking me. Um, I kind of let this. I like to set the tone. Um, I like to put out my expectations as their agent. Um, you know, and I say, guys, what are your expectations of me? So I want to know what they expect out of me. I want to hear it. I want to let them know what I am going to do and not going to do. And uh, I, vice versa, I think expectations need to be discussed right away. So an open house every Saturday and Sunday. Exactly. And that comes Even up. Even though I want 10% more than the market value. It's exactly. Exactly. So uh, expectations are huge. So uh, we'll talk about that. I'll say, what do you expect out of I don't, you know, do you want to, you know, so we want an open house every weekend? I say, well, that's, you know, it's probably not probable. Um, you know, I usually do one the first weekend and then kind of see the activity and if I sell the property or not. And uh, from there, I might do a follow-up one at a certain point. But if they expect an open house every weekend and that's not what I'm geared up to do, I want to talk about that and I want to hear their objections or maybe they'll agree with me for whatever reason. But I think expectations are key at the listing appointment. Um, another thing is, uh, and I'd encourage the, the seller to ask uh, the agent right away if they're a full-time agent. Uh, I think that's very important. There's, I think, about 4,000 agents in the uh, local, the local uh, area. And, you know, a lot of them are part-time. And uh, not to say that they're good or bad, but um, anything you do full-time, full speed, and you're dedicated to, uh, that person's probably going to be a little bit better, uh, more knowledgeable, more experienced. More at-bats. More at-bats. There yep. you go. 
And hey, uh, put me in, coach. Yeah, put me I'm in, coach. That's I'm, I'm yeah. seeing the theme here with the music and everything. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 the shoe's been on the other foot for me. You know, my first my first year of real estate years and years ago, I was a part time agent because, uh, you know, you. Uh, you, you were only... still in high school, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was a little bit older, but it was a little, it was in the past. So, um, but yeah, so um, I would ask that. Are you a full-time agent? That'd be the first question I asked, mm-hmm. um, and and let them let them see what they have to say. Okay, that's great. And um, how about when people say, "Well, this is a price I want because I went online and clicked on something and it said my house is worth four hundred thousand." Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's, that's another topic. Obviously price is huge. That's, I don't know, I don't, don't want to say if price is everything, but it is a huge, huge factor. And, uh, I do ask them, I say, you know, what do you think your home is worth? And I like to hear what they have to say. And then, um, they say, well, you're the expert. You tell me. And what I like to do is I bring sales comparables with me, of course, to the uh, listing appointment and, uh, I say, okay, well, you know, you think your home is worth 500,000. Here's the comps. Um, and I go through them and I said, let's compare this home to yours. And sometimes, honestly, I'll say, you think it's worth 500? I think it's worth 525. And that's a good day. Mm-hmm. Other times it's, uh, it you goes know, the other way. Four, it goes the other way and it's 475 and it's not 500. Um, but you're sitting there with them and you're explaining, here's your kitchen, here's their kitchen. Here's their yard. Here's your yard. Now, I'm going to get the highest dollar possible for you, but within reason, there's appraisals we have to go, you know, get past and whatnot. These are the same comps the appraiser's looking at. So I'm not just trying to settle for the neighborhood average. I'm going to get the highest price per foot, but at, at the same time, you know, within reason, you know, we do have comps and whatnot, and, and, and buyers look at these things when they're making offers as well. So what I've run into a lot, and I'll bet you have too, is in this discussion on comps, um, somebody says, well, I went online and I found the one down the street, just went on the market for uh, 450 and our place is a lot nicer. Now, that's a active listing, not a sold. How do you explain that? Yeah, that's that's a great question and a, a common scenario. Um, when they say my neighbor got listed for five hundred thousand, you know, um, my home's a little nicer. We should go five twenty-five. Just like you said, Don, anybody can ask what they want to ask for a home. Now you do have to take it into consideration because it's an active competitor, so it is competition. You do have to put it on the radar. But at the same time, I wouldn't judge your list price based off of them. Um, another thing, too, they I think a lot of times consumers fail to realize that the home that just got listed is larger than theirs or smaller. So, hey, the neighbor listed for 500000 Mine's nicer. Let's go 525 Well, you know, true, but your home is also 1,000 square feet smaller so let's look at the price per foot at your neighbor's home. And, okay, wait, wait a minute, you're two-story and they're single-story. There's different factors that have to be adjusted in the value. So um, that's that's kind of how I would recommend tackling that. And, again, just look at comps, you know, talk, discuss, communication. 
You know, you just made me think of something. So when a seller is discussing comps and value with you, you can give your reasoning and say, well, you know, there, the uh, it's one story versus two story, and you can go into all that. When you just click on a AVM, an automated valuation model online, you don't know how they did that. Correct. Uh, uh, the the answer is algorithms. That, so how do you explain algorithms? Um, I mean, did that take? Did it take into account one story versus two story? Mm-hmm. Did it take into account that your place is a uh, semi custom and the other one's a custom home? Who who knows? And that's and that's why it's important to you know hire a local expert, get a real estate agent. There's plenty of knowledge on the internet, and and we all use it, and it's it's accurate a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that's not um, specifically pertaining to our industry. Um, the Z estimates, you know, I think the Z estimates in either direction, high or low, I think they vary about eight percent higher, eight percent low. The true value average, um, in some cases, I think it's been up to like forty percent off. So like you said, Don, it's it's an algorithm. It's not taking into account the upgrades or the lack of um or solar or not or you know, the details. And that's and that's what the internet can't tell you in the Z estimates and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. We just have a couple of minutes left on the show, but what I would like to ask each of you is what do you want our listeners to remember the most about your discussion today? And let's start that off with Jeff. Yeah. Um, if you're buying a home, you want a complete inspection. You, you don't want a one-pager. You want in no pictures. You you want a complete estimate. And at 360 Inspect, we you know our ours usually start around 30 pages, and it's very detailed. We you know that's what I want them to remember. There's a lot out there in the market uh, <clears throat> that are you know. Not that it's favoring the the realtor uh, because the buyers are actually paying our you know paying for us to come out. So what we want to do is get we work for that buyer. We work for you, and so we want a, a complete inspection to give you that peace of mind, reveal everything, and then help coach and walk you through it with the realtor uh, that it's you know it is just going to be a minor repair. Okay, and Aaron, what would you like uh, our listeners to remember most about our discussion today? Um, you know what? I would say I'd, I'd like to say probably listen to your agent. Um, you know, you've hired a, a real estate professional to help you buy or help you sell. Um, so listen to them. And, and um, you know, at the same time, ask them a lot of questions. That's what they're there for. They're the professional. They're they're working for you. Ask a lot of questions so you're comfortable, but, but listen to them as well. Okay. And I would like to say the best advice is tune in next week also to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN, because each week we want to provide good information to help all of you make good, informed decisions. I thank our two guests today for coming in and sharing your time and your knowledge. And we will be with you again next week. Take care. Have a great week.